Welcome to Want Her, a community-driven podcast for the like-minded female, passionate about creativity, self-discovery, and letting out that inner weird. Brought to your ear holes by two cross-country friends, we want to project one thing. Self-discovery is a lifelong journey, and one that should be fun experiencing. Here, no topic is off-limits. We're just like you, striving for connection, laughter, and the continual reminder that we can actually be whatever the f*** we want. Here's Olivia and Sandy. Hello, Hello, welcome. Hello. The energy is so high over here because Sandy and I are together in Wisconsin. We're matching in our quirky, chic, boutique little cardigans. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we have a guest. This is our first guest while we're together. So yeah. the energy we we're telling Besides her. Besides the husbands. Right, right, yeah. right. Well, they don't matter. No, they don't. <laughs> the energy may be a little bit chaotic, but we're so excited to introduce you to this guest, Talia. Yes. We're going to talk all about women's mental health, women's mm-hmm. burnout. She's a mental health professional. So cute on social media. Oh, you'll have to follow her. Yes. We'll tag her in the show notes. We'll talk all about that at the end. But right now, mm-hmm. As per mm-hmm. usual, we're going to start with our game. So this game mm-hmm. is going to be about burnout a little bit. Share a story when you push through burnout. How did it play out for you? Or share personal signs and symptoms of burnout. And this is supposed to be like fun, lighthearted. Yeah. So yeah. Talia, if you want to just say <laughs> hi really quick, and then if you're comfortable jumping in to mm-hmm. yours, you can start. If not, we can yeah. take over too. Awesome. Hi. Yes, I am so excited already. Loving the energy, like y'all said. It's so good and so fun. Luckily, I get to see y'all's faces and y'all's faces and matching robes are so adorable right now. Um, And I can't wait for this episode. So let's see. Burnout and lightheartedness. Like, do those two even go together? Um, Honestly, like my burnout is has always been like heavy stuff. And um, I would say a silly part of what happens when I am starting to feel burnt out is like I forget things a lot. So um, the other day I actually went to go get ice cream and I like got out of the car. The car was off, thankfully, but the keys were still in the car. And (laughs) so I got a notification on my phone and it was like, um, your keys are still in your car. Like, thank God for technology nowadays. But yes, those are just like little things that happen to me when I am starting to feel that overwhelmed feeling that comes with eventual burnout. So that's a little, a little bit of mine. What are y'all's? Yeah. Sandy, you want to go? Sure. (laughs) I think it really has to do. I'm a photographer, business owner, entrepreneur, and I feel like it was last year that I burnt out really bad and just mm-hmm. like I took on too many weddings, too many yes. sessions. And like it sucks because like I didn't know until it was happening and I was mm-hmm. in it and it really was not fun. So that was yep. really hard for me to get through. But I feel like I kind of stepped back. I learned to step back a little bit and honestly focus on my mental health and take Mm -hmm. a little time. Like I love my baths. I love my reading everything. So I think I just, once I hit that point, I know to take some time for myself. Yeah. This morning I was able to partake in one of her like bath setups. She set it up all for me. A candle, bubbles, a bath bomb. 
I full experience because I live in an RV full time with oh, my husband, yeah. so we don't have access That's to cool. a path. And that was a ten out of ten. Absolutely no notes experience. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love yeah. that for you. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, Liv, yeah. what's yours? So my story is I have a background in nursing. I'm not currently in that field right now, but um, just not where I'm supposed to belong. If anybody that's listening, like I've told stories, but mm-hmm. I have a very vivid memory of when I was working one shift, it was like one of those shifts that only healthcare workers can understand. Everything was going wrong. Everything was late because I was just so busy. I had really heavy patients. And there was this one woman, this was back in my staff job in Ohio. She was in room three. Like I can put myself in this moment. And she had like dementia or something. It was night shift. So the sundowning Mm. was going on and there was no reasoning with her. And for whatever reason, I was like, the devil to her. Like nothing I said or tried to do would make her come Aww. out of this mind state. And by the end of the shift, like, I don't know if there was morning medications. I'd been fighting with her mm-hmm. all night. Oh gosh. And I ended up just like, I don't know. I get almost like sarcastic or I, I like start <laughs> laughing at life when things are so stressful and I just can't do it anymore where I like yeah. kind of fed into it, which I, <laughs> I know is so bad and I don't recommend doing that. But like, I wasn't coming back the next day and I was so excited to be going home. So I like kind of got into the little like delusion that she was in and I growled at her. Mm, Yes, that happens. It does. (laughs) It's like, you're so tired. You're just like, you know, I I can't do it anymore. And it comes out. (laughs) So a little growl. Oh yeah, I'm not proud of it, but I growled at an elderly woman, so that's mine. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, thank you for playing. Yes. yes. Before we get into your work and talking about the more heavy side of burnout, we want to know a little bit more about yes. you personally. You're like we said already, so Adorable. stinking cute. We oh, want to know thanks. about like where you are in the world, what you do for yeah. outside of work, mm-hmm. kind of how you got into this work, and like anything else you want to share. Yes. Yeah. Y'all are so sweet. Um, So yeah, so I currently am in Atlanta, Georgia. I grew up in Savannah, Georgia, but I live in the city. I am right now overlooking like the busy interstate and I live in a high rise and it's the fun city life right now. Um, I have three jobs. So hence why I can talk a lot about burnout. I actually was a wedding photographer for six years at at one point in my life. I used to host a podcast myself. Like I literally feel like I have done all kinds of things. Um, what I like to do for fun, you know, I honestly always laugh at that question because I am a true like millennial that is stuck in the, if it's fun, how can I monetize this hobby of mine? And so I'm right. And so I am really trying to like reframe that mindset of like, what is fun? Like, Sometimes I don't even know. I know I have fun, but also my work is so fun. Um, I just got back in from Cape Town, South Africa yesterday night. So yeah, so my that's I'm a flight attendant. That's one of my jobs. And so like work is fun in that capacity. Um, But I also have a six month old puppy. So that is fun to me. Um, So yeah, it's real. 
I'm really just like in this beautiful season of truly loving the work that I get to do, um, creating content and like empowering women. All the things that like I'm doing are just things that like I love so much. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. What kind of dog? (laughs) He is a mini Australian Shepherd. So so tons of energy, but it's my first Aussie. And apparently, if anybody is listening that has an Aussie, like it's like it's like a thing. I don't know if y'all know, like the Jeep wave. Like you're kind of like in a cult with the Jeep wave. (laughs) That's the same with like the Aussies. They're like it's like. You are in, inducted into this like really cool club, and I'm loving being a part of this Aww, club. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So with your work in mental health and specifically with women, when you're yeah. not flight, being a flight attendant, that was, if you heard that, cha-ching, that's my side hustle of Etsy here too. We're very, yes, I love that. that. Yes, girl, that's amazing. <laughs> So when you're not doing your other jobs, what does the mental health side of your work look like in a typical day? Yeah, so good. So, you know, during COVID, I was worried about um, what is this like traveling lifestyle going to look like? Like, you know, we were kind of the first people to be impacted because flights started canceling. We weren't going places anymore. And I was like, you know, I was already online as a like motivational person. I was posting lots of content um, through like post-it notes and blogging and all of that, trying to, you know, motivate people pre-COVID. And so I knew I like loved the spoken word that I knew I loved to talk to audience. I was hosting like workshops and stuff like that already. And so I was like, you know what? I think I should go back to school and get my master's degree. And so I did in clinical mental health counseling. And so now what the everyday looks like is um, it's honestly a lot of freedom also, but the every day is I get to do this with people. I get to hear their stories and like just build connection with them. I am um, in private practice. And so I get to work with individuals. That's kind of how I am seeing individuals with a variety of like presenting concerns. And we just like do life. I get to walk through some like really challenging times with them, but also like really beautiful times with them. And so um, fully loving that type of work that I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. awesome. Yes, you you sound exactly up our alley. Yeah. Aww, yeah. And just doing yep. all the things that you love. So that's yeah. yeah. I'm excited to talk and hear more about like why you're super passionate about it being specifically with women. I know that's probably yeah. not your only clientele, yeah. but we're all about women's empowerment. Yes. So you are too. It actually is. It actually is. I am um, deciding to just work with women now. So when I, yeah, when I first started, I was seeing, um, you know, all genders, but now I am, you know, niching down a little bit, getting really specific about who I want to speak to and who I want to show up for. And um, I think it's really helped my business. I think it's been a lot easier to create content and host workshops and know who my like exact audience is. And so the reason that I have really chose to pour into women is one, because, you know, I, 
there's something when you can relate to your client. Not that in therapy, it is definitely not about the therapist. And so I'm not telling my client that I relate to them in in every single instance, but it's so much more impactful to be able to hold space for a woman where I'm like, I have walked through that and I know that really deep hearted pain, or I can understand what you're going through. And, and sometimes, um, with men, I just, I don't have that connection. And so if I see myself wanting to serve my clients the best in my ability, it it's with women. It's with even young teen girls. It's like, I've been there before. It, it reminds me so much of like the Barbie movie, which I don't know if y'all saw. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. So yes. I love that. Yes. So it's like, you know, we like felt that like so in our core because we're like, yeah, we've been that girl before. And so when I am empowering my clients, empowering women, I'm like, hey, I've been there before, or I can understand your struggle because I am a female also. So it just makes that work like that much better. Mm. So cool. I was going to say, like, even just looking through your social media, you look like you belong in the Barbie movie. Yes. Like, the way you talk about like body positivity. Oh, yes. like, some, some, I forget what post it was. You had this like full blown yes. pink laser. laser. Oh, yes. Microphone, everything. Like, that is voice, and I fully support it. Yes. I'm you guys. That is a compliment. I went hardcore with the Barbie movie. Love pink. Love all things girly. So um, yeah, it was it was a really fun thing. So that that's a compliment. Thank you. (laughs) You're just so stinking adorable. Really cute. Even your little voice. I'm like, this is going to be such a fun podcast to listen to. Oh, exactly. (laughs) I want to know more. So like about your workshops. Yeah, what yeah. kind of workshops have you hosted? Because yeah. we had a photography workshop. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. that's so cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, man, I used to do, I used to attend photography workshops and yeah. all of that. I'm just like such a lifelong learner that I love it. But I think from being like that lifelong learner and uh, getting to attend different like conferences, workshops and stuff as an attendee, I realized like, what it means to hold space for women and like for women to have this place to like find community or find a place to like feel safe because they might not have, you know, that group of girlfriends or whoever it is. And so when I started workshops um, in 2019, that's exactly what what it was all about. It was like I did like a Valentine's Day workshop where I did a catered meal and we did – we did like vision manifestation and like just also it was just like about taking cute pictures together and Mm -hmm. building community. And I've hosted vision board workshops, which are always amazing at the start of the new year um, to get like really clear about what you want to do. And so I think I just have this calling um, to really host and hold space for people because I say that I am an introvert, but you know, I'm an extroverted introvert. So I, it comes so naturally to like bring people together. And I love connecting people. I would say that's like my gift is to help people like feel connected and feel known. And, um, that's kind of why I like, 
I'm like, okay, I need to start doing like these in-person workshops or retreats or conferences. Mm -hmm. Who knows what it'll unfold as, but it's definitely something that like I love to do. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Like we're yeah, all about we talked about doing a workshop like that in the future. Yes. So hopefully yeah. that pans out. Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna be kind of like a weird question or maybe something Go for not it. related at all, but my mind yeah. is like wheels are spinning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So how did you like figure out that this was your gift? I'm thinking mm. like, you, did you grow up around like a really strong mom that centered mm. around this connectiveness or did you have a lot of sisters? Was there yes. some big moment where you were yeah. like, I want to feel like I take up space here as a woman mm. because you didn't have that in your childhood? Like, could you pinpoint yeah. something? Yes. Yeah. Feel, yeah, I, definitely don't. No. Yeah. Like, I don't hey, I'm a therapist. I can literally talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that question. I definitely come from a very strong background of females. So in my in my family, in my extended family, all the women in my family are very, very strong. But, you know, where this actually came from, where this, like, passion of creating space and holding space for people came from was actually from a lack of that in my childhood. So my childhood did not have a lot of emotional intimacy. So like I knew I was loved, but I wasn't always told I was loved or I wasn't hugged or kissed on by like my parents. And, um, I could talk about things, but it wasn't like these deep things that we talked about. So it was like very surface level things. And so it really was birthed out of, I want to have emotional intimacy with people. I want to help foster that and create that for women because I didn't get that. And I saw what a gap in like my upbringing it did to me. And it I had to do so much of my own healing. And so a lot of therapists, it actually comes from like, you felt this need in yourself. And so now you're going to go give it to others because Mm -hmm. you don't want them to go without it. Mm -hmm. I connect to that Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I know I was loved, but it's exactly how you're describing. And I feel Mm -hmm. like for you, it was your mom is just so outspoken and you've got two sisters and I was the only girl in my family too. So I feel Mm -hmm. like I was like raised and had different Mm -hmm. expectations that really like ingrained me. Yeah. And I feel that completely Mm -hmm. connected to you. Olivia nodding the whole time. I am totally going to reach through the screen and just like be in the room with you and vibe. Yes. I love it. (laughs) So since we're kind of on that topic of women and society and stuff, how do you think that society's expectations play a role in burnout? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I think that is like my mission in the world is to like break the barriers or the stigmas around all of societal expectations. Mm -hmm. So whether that be like around body image, whether that's like mental health or around this hustle culture, I feel like Hustle culture has really, really like changed this generation. And so as far as like the pressures that are on women about, you know, I mean, we can go on and name so many, right? And how that leads to burnout is like 
women are just pushing themselves and pushing themselves and trying to do it all, literally trying to be a successful woman, trying to, you know, especially if they're single, trying to provide for themselves, trying to be a mom, a friend, a daughter, all these different things. And I'm not saying men are not trying to do these things also, but women are just like so innate caring creatures that when we are lacking on one of those jobs, the guilt and shame and all of that, it just hits a lot deeper that it, that is the thing that leads to burnout because we'll just keep pushing and pushing and pouring and pouring from this cup. And then we're like, oh shit, the cup is empty. I have nothing left to give. Yeah. And I think for me, when I feel that specific emotion, there's a lot of like guilt or like shame Mm -hmm. that comes on that Mm -hmm. because I do have that like, I'm supposed to be this way or I'm supposed to be successful. I'm having all this work put in. Like, what am I doing wrong that I'm not seeing the results that I expect? So I completely Mm -hmm. agree Mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's we, we sometimes like forget that we're human right? It's like, we just think we can keep going and going. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Sandy, like then you are, you're in it and you're like, I am burnt out. I'm I'm in the thick of it now. And I don't even know how to get out of it. Exactly. And that's my biggest struggle. I like take on, cause like, obviously as a wedding photographer, you book and you don't know how you're going to feel in that instant months and mm-hmm. months from now. So then like, mm-hmm. what do you do in that instance? Yeah. <laughs> Other than cry and go in a corner. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's like, you're completely off the ledge of burnout yeah. at that point when you have like a breakdown. So are yeah. there any, I know everybody's different mm-hmm. and expresses themselves in a different way, but from your perspective, what are uh, some symptoms or signs that burnout yeah, may totally. be going on? Yes, I would say like my the number one sign that I can see is an irritability. Whether that is you're going to growl at someone or <laughs> whether that is just like a, a shorter fuse, a um it, it has a, a lot of it has to do with you are so tired, you're so overwhelmed, your social battery is drained and you uh, are, are starting to lose that motivation or that drive. And it's all because you're like, I just need a break. I want mm-hmm. a vacation. I need a break. And so you start to care a little less about things. Mm-hmm. Um, the term I heard a lot during COVID times was that people are quietly quitting from their jobs. And it's because Mm -hmm. they're not going to continue to give their all because they are so burnt out, whether that means they're underpaid or they're not being respected by their jobs. And when people start to burn out, you start to not perform at your best anymore. And so when I noticed I was at that place of burnout, I knew that was when it was time to really make some serious changes in my life. Mm. Yeah. Are you single? I, I am single. Because okay. <laughs> I wanted to ask, like, we're both married and mm-hmm. we're very mm-hmm. close with each other and our significant yeah. others. But like Mm -hmm. for me, being in an RV, we're kind of planning routes in an area where we don't know anybody. I at least know that I have my husband or like some close long distance friends that I can reach out to. Like, what do you do for yourself? I know that you have family and you said you have strong female presence in your life. But like, 
when you're alone at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like what do you do for yourself if you feel burnout? Who do you lean mm-hmm. on? Yeah. Oh, that is such an important question. And honestly, I love speaking to this population of like single women because mm-hmm. my own therapist was like, you know, single women nowadays are like so strong because they have to provide it all for themselves. They have to put the roof over their head. They have to provide, you know, sometimes the happiness for them. They have to be there for themselves when they're sad and all these different ranges of, of emotions that normally you could, you know, lean on a partner for. And so I think that's how I've gotten to the place where I am of being like, strong, independent, and confident because I've had to rely on myself. I've had to show up for myself. Now, when I am feeling that sense of burnout, I very much do like to recluse. And I used to think isolation was a bad thing, but I love to just like quietly, you know, veg out on the couch. Sometimes, you know, they say that is actually crashing and not resting, but sometimes I just have to crash. And I, I am not judging myself for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, when I am feeling burnt out, I do turn inwards. I wouldn't say that I even have the social battery to reach out for help and ask. And, you know, I, I really do wonder that when I do meet my partner, if I will still go to a guest bedroom or just like the she shed or wherever it is to just like, be like, okay, I need a little quiet time because that's just totally how I recharge. Yeah. Honestly, that is me. Like I yeah. need my alone time. I love like obviously working from home. I love working alone and just mm-hmm. having my space. And then my husband knows that. He knows yeah. that and he knows he's like, okay, I'll leave you be. Totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about, what do you do in the RV? How does that work? Yeah, I'm- it's interesting <laughs> because we're alone so often and yeah. we get kind of like sick of each other easily yeah. because it's only he and I in a 35 foot space. And Absolutely. Our two dogs. It's interesting because I mm-hmm. feel like sometimes I'm craving to get out and just see people existing outside mm-hmm. of my husband. <laughs> but I also have this element, which maybe that's something that you could speak on too. I'm from a very small town, small, like rural area. And I've changed a lot as we've traveled all over the country and I've been exposed to more cultures and people and things like that. Mm-hmm. But there's still a little bit of me where I was raised to be kind of fearful of going out mm-hmm. and about on my yeah. own. But mm-hmm. that's something that I've realized has helped me too. So it's like working through that push of being I mean, I think it's because I'm a woman Mm -hmm. of going out on a solo hike is huge Mm -hmm. for me or like going and sit. I've gotten better at like going and sitting at a coffee shop and journaling. That's really refreshing to me. Mm -hmm. But like the feeling that I have when I go out on a solo hike is like I immediately feel refreshed. But it's like sometimes I'm not able to work through that. I I don't Mm -hmm. even know if I call it a fear. Yeah. Yeah. it doesn't sit right with me. Do you have that? Because you're in Atlanta. Gosh, I I literally feel like I'm fearless sometimes and that terrifies my mom to death. (laughs) So I, you know, I, I take what you are describing as like going on a hike or going and sitting at a coffee shop by yourself. Like to me, that's like so empowering. It's, I get to enjoy my presence 
so much. I get to entertain myself and I can do that for myself um, that I don't have to have someone else. Sure. It would be so nice to have somebody to share that with, but when I get to do that, I just feel really proud and connected to myself. And so I think that's why when I know I'm feeling down, it's scarier to me to reach out and see if somebody else can feel fill that void that you are feeling. Rather, I know that I can fill the void for myself. And so mm-hmm. I just go deep within and, you know, connect with myself. Um, so it's almost like giving yourself that internal validation rather than looking outwards for that external validation. Oh, I feel like that's <laughs> probably taken some work to even get to. Definitely. For me personally, I think with like the mental health issues and anxiety that I've had in the past, Mm -hmm. being alone with my thoughts was almost Mm. scarier than like buffering it with another person. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't need to go into like, yeah, no stuff, but like I struggle with anxiety a lot. Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. if I stop and try and like veg out on the couch or something, it's almost like I have to be distracted by something sometimes mm. or like make up for that with being super productive yeah. afterward. And I don't like that about yeah. myself. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I think a lot of, you know, women in the late 20s to early 30s are now starting to like experience or notice symptoms of like ADHD where you really have to be focused on something else because there's so much anxiety within you if you're just sitting there and not being product productive. And so I'm not sure if it if it truly is ADHD and everybody, but it is like this anxiety or this fear of am I being productive enough? Because if I'm not, then what? And so I definitely have my own anxieties and I do think it's about success and providing and fears and all of that. But Sometimes when I notice that I am running from what my mind is like racing about and I just slow down and like really think like, what is my mind trying to figure out? If when I do slow down and I just breathe through it, that's, that's how I have to get through it. I really just like inhale and exhale, take really deep breaths. Mm -hmm. That is when I'm like, okay, what I am running from in my thoughts is actually my my brain is trying to communicate and tell me something. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if we live in this constant avoidance of I don't want to be alone with my thoughts because mm-hmm. that that creates anxiety, you're not actually tuning in and listening to what those thoughts are trying to tell you. The same as like when you're like, oh, I have a gut feeling like your gut is also trying to tell you like something's not right. And that's what that anxiety is trying to tell you too. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that is. Free therapy right here, (laughs) y'all. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Everyone take notes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I feel like it's something that I had a therapist give me an exercise about and I just posted it about it this morning was like Mm -hmm. they told me to write a letter to myself and the voice Mm -hmm. of my anxiety and even Mm -hmm. just that alone before I even did the actual exercise itself I was like whoa I'm not my anxiety Mm -hmm. like when I'm going through a moment and I have these feelings come up being able to acknowledge it and view it as like 
the little girl in me that's triggered by mm-hmm. something that happened in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could be like, okay, I see you here. Like you have my attention, but you're not mm-hmm. going to direct what I'm, how I'm going to react and stuff yeah. has yeah. been huge. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. if, if you yeah. have anxiety, yeah. like I highly recommend that. That was such yes. a cool experience. I was like, I'll, I'll give you my hand, but I'm not going yeah. to give you my brain. Yes. That, that it's was so true. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, even the even what you're talking about, like it's a little bit of like doing the inner child work too. Mm-hmm. Like maybe whatever we are running from in our anxious thoughts is just like little you trying to communicate with you and say like, "Hey, I am showing up as this fear right now because I'm trying to protect you. Because if I'm not protecting you, then." what has happened to me before is going to happen again. And I don't want that. Mm -hmm. So this is like the anxious thought. So, Hey, I am telling you to not ask for help because the last time you asked for help, someone either didn't help you in a way that was helpful or they didn't show up and actually let you down. So now I'm just going to say we can't ask for help anymore. But that's actually a trauma response of being hyper dependent. So it's exactly what you're saying. It's you are trying to heal these different parts of you. And all parts are important. All parts are trying to tell you something. And when you don't listen to these parts, that's actually like you're hurting yourself rather than helping yourself. She's a good therapist. Whoa. Like, Whoa. can't you tell? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God. Y'all are so sweet. <laughs> I feel like you could probably talk a lot like in your work related life, but also just because you're single and like, yeah, like yeah. so successful. You can just yes. tell like you're yes. all put together. I don't know. Aww, the confidence, everything. Even the way you, you communicate and yeah. hold yourself, like there's success there. Yes. <laughs> but like, sweet. <laughs> how do you deal with imposter syndrome in that kind oh. of environment too? Oh. Oh, that is such a great question because especially running your own business, as, yeah. as you know, um, imposter syndrome is huge. Even as a therapist, sometimes I'm like, I am, you know, going through a depression season right now. I am, my life is an absolute mess. Like, how am I going to show up for somebody else and, you know, be there for them? Oh. And so something that I've really learned is that and, and I love about the work of therapy is like, I get to take off like my hat of being Talia and I get to like put on the hat of like therapist Talia now. And so therapist Talia is educated. She has all the tools that she needs. She, you know, got her master's degree, did 600 hours of internship hours, did all these different things that even if in that moment I feel I don't know the exact like treatment modality to give to a client right now mm-hmm. all I do know how to be present with someone I do know how to listen I do know how to offer empathy I do know how to like relate to them as a human and so even when imposter syndrome comes up it's like they don't have to know every single thing that's going on in my life and I think in the world of social media We think everybody has to know every single thing going on in our life. My mom always says to me, like, 
I think you need to learn a little bit about not putting it all out there for everyone to see. And so, you know, I'm, I'm practicing it a little and I'm trying it out and seeing what I think. Um, but when imposter syndrome pops up, it's, why are you feeling that way? Why do you think you are less than, why do you, why are you questioning your worth right now? Mm -hmm. Because you have all the tools, you know how to be a photographer, you know how to be a nurse, whatever it is, you know how to do the job. So stop questioning yourself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge, huge. (laughs) I think for me, I struggle a lot with like, comparing myself to other people, which I get is imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome, but it's different when it's between like two women versus me Mm -hmm. and a man. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's totally different. Like, I don't care. Good for you. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, is there something in your therapist brain that's like, (laughs) why is that? Or like, can you speak at all to something like that? So you feel that you struggle more with imposter syndrome towards a woman than towards a man. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess. But just even like comparing my successes, Mm. it's always like I'm seeing myself through the light of like the audience of women around me. It's not men. Yeah. I don't care about that. Okay. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. It's like, because again, you can relate more towards the women. You're like, well, I'm a woman, so why can't I do that also? Or, you know, why am I... Um, why, why is that person engaged or why, why did that person, you know, go through a divorce, but now they're already getting remarried and I don't even have a single person to marry me or whether it is to do with the timeline of having kids or like you're saying of success, they're more successful in their business. So it's like, why is that feeling of comparison coming up? towards these women. And I I think it directly relates back to like, I should be on the same wavelength as them. I am also a woman. So then it goes back to why am, am, are you feeling like this sense of jealousy towards them? Are you um, thinking that you are not as skilled to get to the place that they are? And so when you start to ask those questions and you can really pinpoint what that root cause is, then that tells you what, what the work is. So say it's jealousy. Like, why is it that you're jealous of that woman that has that thing first? And it, and and that's where it starts to loop back. Like we were talking about our childhood a second ago, and maybe it was again a lack from your childhood or whatever it is. So I think what you're explaining though is a very common question that a lot of people have. Yeah, I yeah. feel like the overall theme that we keep going back to <laughs> is like don't ignore those feelings that are popping up. Like get curious and try to yeah. see mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And going, going back to like that burnout feeling, it's, Mm -hmm. it's all these things that you were ignoring and you were ignoring the beige flags that then started to turn into red flags and you were ignoring, yeah, you were ignoring your tired symptoms and you were like, yes, I'm tired, but I'll sleep tomorrow. But then you can't sleep tomorrow because you get busy. And so I really say it's a domino effect. When you stop caring for yourself, 
then it's just going to keep building and piling on. You, you weren't listening to these signs and symptoms within yourself. And you're like, I can keep doing more. I can keep doing more. And then you eventually reach this place of burnout and you're like, I literally cannot do anything. I can't do anything more. I'm exhausted. I'm done. I want to throw in the towel and quit everything. And it all relates back to, did I listen to that first sign of I'm doing too much? Oh, that makes I me want to like dive into a conversation and it can be short mm-hmm. yeah. or it's like you said, irritability is typically one of the mm-hmm. first things that pop up with burnout. Mm-hmm. How do you like set boundaries with yourself or mm. even boundaries with other people that say like, you know, if I'm irritable or like, I don't know, yeah. beforehand, like I'm yeah. recognizing that I need a pause. Yeah. Yes. Like I'm so quick to snap before explaining the real reason. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. I am like the queen of boundaries. So I will shoot a text to someone and being like, hey, my my social battery or is just or my plate is just too full today. I can't do this anymore. And so I kind of just preface it with like I am running at overwhelm already, and so I'm going to have to take a step back and maybe not do that thing that I committed to. And so I think when you are upfront with people that you're at this place of just, I can't take any more right now, people are going to understand a little more. I know I can already imagine that some listeners are like, but then I feel so guilty for canceling on someone. But imagine if you didn't cancel on them and you still showed up as this really tired self, like how do you show up then? Like if you showed up to uh, an engagement shoot or something and you weren't, it's not going to be your best self. Sure. I'm sure you'll still take beautiful pictures, Mm -hmm. but the experience might be a Mm -hmm. little bit different. And so even if I am like, I am just I need to, you know, start something 30 minutes later just so I can ground myself and center myself. That is a boundary that's like, hey, I'm taking care of myself first. Whatever it is can wait. And we shouldn't feel guilty about that. And I think women especially feel guilty about doing stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. I need to take note on that for yes. sure. But I yes. also think you're pretty good at that too because we've talked about like overproductivity when you're already tired yeah. and stuff. And I think back mm-hmm. to when you said, if I'm editing until the wee hours mm-hmm. of the night, I'm not going to like those pictures in the morning. No. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Exactly. Yes, redo it all. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think what we're really talking about is – Sandy, you also have said like you have reached this sense of burnout. Once you have reached this place of burnout before, you are so, you're a different person. You really are. You come out different on the other side and you're like, I'm never going to reach that place again. So my story of burnout is that I had three, I was working three jobs. I'm still working three jobs, but it's better. (laughs) But I, yes, I was flying and my flight got changed and I got flown into my day off. And so I was supposed to be home that night. Um, And the very next day I was seeing clients in person at my private practice. They were high risk clients. So they really needed like full me. They needed to see me at that designated time. And Um, so I had a choice I had to make, I had to decide like, am I going to let down these clients 
and um, come home? Or am I going to get in trouble at work at my flying job um, and come home and, you know, be there for those clients? And so I really had to like make a decision Mm -hmm. and I decided to come home for those high risk clients that really needed me. And I did get in trouble at my other job. I got written up. I got in big trouble. But at the end of the day, I was just like, it was worth getting in trouble. But then I came home after I saw those clients and I went to my supervisor and I was like, I have to quit this job because I knew this was no way to live. Like I was so stressed when I had my therapy sessions with those clients. Yes, we still did good, beautiful work. And I was present and all of that. But in the back of my mind, there was still a part that was like, oh my gosh, are you going to get fired from your flight attendant job? Are you going to be in trouble? And so I knew something had to change. And I almost walked away from this whole beautiful profession of being a therapist because that one moment. But then I got to choose and decide, hey, how can I still make this work? And you know, still get to do the work that I love to do. And so I just chose to do it in a different capacity. I'm now seeing clients virtually for right now. And it works. If for some reason my flight got canceled and I couldn't make it home, like we can always see each other online. And so it's really deciding what works for you. And instead of just completely throwing in the towel of something you love, it's how can I change that trajectory, maybe a little bit, change the conversation and make it work for you. And that's a lot of times what healing from the burnout is, that's the work of it. I'm obsessed with this. I love stuff with you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're so cute. Yeah, I feel like for me, I've learned to cut back. Like last mm-hmm. year, I took on way too many weddings and I learned that I, my limit and I learned mm-hmm. to cut back and I can't do those double header weekends anymore. That is right. just way too much. And like, so I've learned to be like, okay, I can take on this many weddings a month and this many sessions a month. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to be able to perform. Really. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think like she's even still learning about that right now because she's pregnant. (laughs) And she's like trying to recognize that like different chapters of life can come with different levels of work. Yeah. 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 So like Uh you're getting after it. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like people just think like exhaustion is like an everyday state of how we should be living life right now, but it's not. It's we're exhausted because we're not listening to ourselves and we're pushing ourselves so hard. So like what you described is a boundary. We need to have boundaries in our life. And it's we society has told us like, no, we can't have boundaries. Like you can't tell people, no, you can't take time for yourself. (laughs) And it's like, hello, like you have to, you have to protect yourself. You have to protect your space, your energy, all of that, because you're never going to be able to, you know, show up and perform at your best self if you're not doing these things for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I could pop off about the whole topic of like quitting the job that's bad uh-huh. for your mental uh-huh. health. Like you described, I've been there and like seeing that through and trusting my gut has yeah. made me feel more empowered because I'm so much yeah. happier after the fact. Oh, 
even if like certain family members don't understand, like I don't have to explain it. I feel mm-hmm. like that's the chapter I'm in right now is trying yeah. to recognize I don't know. I don't owe anybody an explanation. Yes, ma'am. I think Uh women are uh so like just naturally believing that if they say no, they're viewed, I'm sorry, but like as a bitch. Yeah, exactly. And I (laughs) hate that. And I can't. Uh With this whole Barbie movie, and we've talked about it before, Taylor Swift, like the whole thing, living for this moment. Yeah. And I'm trying to like explain it to my husband, but I feel like it's because I've silenced myself growing up and like I felt like when I did speak my mind or express emotions, it was very much like you're dramatic. That's not how Mm -hmm. it is. That's not Mm -hmm. the truth. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's why I'm being like very outspoken about it now. Yes. Women are like finally finding their voice, finding their power. It's like such a beautiful time to like be a woman right now. And it's like this freedom, this liberation that like we get to choose and show up as the life that like we want to be. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I hear a lot of clients that still have parents that want them to play small or want them to not live a loud life. And then they have these fears of, what are my parents going to say? Like, oh, I got a tattoo. What are my parents going to say? And (laughs) (laughs) so I am, that is like why it's like my life mission to just be like, no, show up as your full, beautiful self. And the people that want to be around you are going to come to you and they're going to accept you. And that's like my most favorite thing. I have lost so many friends within the span of like, me becoming my full self. And I'm sure I'll still lose more friends, but I just have decided that it's okay because those friends were there and special and meaningful for a season, but it doesn't mean that they have to be in your life forever. And as little girls, we're taught that we're taught best friends forever, BFFL, whatever. But sometimes it's like, I get to just appreciate that that person was in my life for a season, but now I I am up leveling to another level and maybe they're not going to come with me on that journey. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's all the part of you becoming your full confident self and, mm-hmm. and getting to love yourself still. Mm-hmm. My gosh, I love this Talia. Wisdom. <laughs> wisdom. Oh. So before we dive into like how to follow you, yes. anything going on, let's run through like a list of things just in case anybody's like really starting out. Like mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. even know what to do with this burnout. Yeah. For mm-hmm. you, it's like yeah. baths, yes. reading, like, mm-hmm. take that like mm-hmm. what are specific things that may work for individual everyone? Like what do you, what yeah. else do you do? I'm sorry, I took some from you. No, that's really, <laughs> that's really it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I watching feel, TV. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I'll like either allow myself to take a nap because I'm really oh, weird yeah. about like if I take that's a me. nap, then I'm lazy for the day. Like I get mm. and not good. Mm-hmm. But like taking a nap is great. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I just need to put on like a really aggressive rap playlist and oh. I'll, I'll do what we were doing in the kitchen this morning. Like, like, that kind of stuff. Like, I don't think that treating burnout necessarily always has to be rest. Like it is, yeah. but also yeah. like so true. aggressive movement sometimes is really good. Mm-hmm. For me too. I get in this like analysis paralysis of life. Yeah. You know? 
Yes. Well, the aggression again, like links back to like this, like underlying anger. You're like, I don't know why I'm so freaking angry, but I'm just like so freaking angry and I can't even like describe it. So one thing I even like have done with my clients is like, we have like a big bag of ice and you know that you can buy from like the gas station or whatever and you throw it down with like all your might you put it above your head and you throw it down onto the ground you can scream if you want while you throw it down but it's this like release like or I don't know if you saw on my Instagram but like the pumpkin smashing when you yes like all of that. It's truly like a release when you get to do like those kind of things. I mean, if you want it, you can go to kickboxing or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but even all, running all of that, it, working out, this is like a somatic release because your body is like really holding on to these like pent up emotions. Um, some things that I do, I cry a lot when I am feeling like this, um, burnout, overwhelm. I scream. Like I just go like, eh, I get like so frustrated. And I'm like, shit, I'm so <laughs> like, so overwhelmed. And it's like, your body is trying to move and release these things. And a lot of times people think like, like you're saying, I have to rest. I have to do this self care. I have to like, go get my nails done or, you know, go get my hair done. But that requires you to you know, even be on a little bit. Like yeah. you, I mean, you could be crying at the nail salon the whole time, or I just went and got my hair done this morning and we talked for like two hours and I was like, I loved the conversation, but afterwards I was like, Whoa, that was a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when you are at this really empty cup level, you can't even do that anymore. And so for someone that is like wondering if they are burnt out, if they're on their way of burnout, I would look at the signs as like, are you sleeping a lot more? Are you more irritable? Are you feeling a little hopeless? Are you lacking motivation? A huge thing for me was, are you lacking creativity? I'm a very creative person, But while I was so overwhelmed and burnt out, I could not do a single creative thing. I couldn't Mm -hmm. show up on Instagram, create content. I didn't want to do anything. And it was because I was analysis paralysis. I was so overwhelmed. My brain was absolutely exhausted of making decisions. And so I needed to heal and I needed to just quiet down. And so... Even if that healing is making a quiet meal to your in your kitchen by yourself in complete silence, like we're not going to, you know, or with your husbands and you are just like sitting there in silence. And I know that might feel weird, but that's like this, your body is craving that safety again. And, yeah. and you can create that for yourself. That's really good. I love this. Yeah. Really good stuff. <laughs> tell, us, tell the listeners like how to yeah. get in touch with you, all yes. of your stuff. Anything coming up, any classes, yes. workshops, whatever. <laughs> For sure. So yes, I definitely have some workshops coming up. Um, you can find anything that really I'm doing. I offer a lot of like free webinars and stuff. To I know therapy is expensive. And so I want to like make um, all of my information and things as accessible as possible. So you can 
find all my content on Instagram. I'm a little bit on TikTok, but not really. But my handle is at takeoff with Tal and Tal is T-A-L. And so you'll find a lot of motivational content. If you're someone that, you know, sometimes struggles with body image, confidence, you just need somebody to like be your big sister and like push you and empower you. Like you can find all of that there. And then if you go to my website at um, takeoffwithtal.com, you can kind of browse there. You can book a session through that. You can go to the events tab where you can see what's going on. You can get the link to free webinars and all of that kind of stuff. So that's where you can find me. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I do think that's Perfect description of you to a T is big sister energy. I love Aww, that. I love thank that. you. As yeah. somebody that didn't have a sister growing up, I crave that and yeah. I just adore you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. This was so fun. So definitely Aww. check out the show notes for all yes. the things she just listed. We'll have links, links there and just look her up. She's yes. so cute. Follow her. <laughs> You're on too. Hey, don't beat that part now. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for listening to Want Her with your girlfriends, Sandy and Olivia. We hope this chat has motivated you to chase those dreams, take hold of your mental health, or finally let out that inner weirdo. Maybe even all three. If you're a fan of what we do, we'd sincerely appreciate it if you subscribed and rated us five stars. Talk to you next time.